Welcome to The Grand Exit, the podcast where we plan for death while living our lives. I'm Julia Joyce Barry. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of The Grand Exit. On this episode, I speak with Diana Felber, a multi-hyphenate artist and mother of my childhood best friend. A few things of note about this episode. First, it's important to know that Diana has cancer, and it is something that shapes the trajectory of our conversation and colors the emotional content. Secondly, the audio in this episode isn't very good, and it was recorded over three months ago when some things in my life were very different and some things in Diana's life were very different as well. For a more detailed breakdown of why there was a big lag between episodes and my take on the sound quality, listen to the prologue prior to this episode. In the top of this episode, Diana confronts me with a very blunt and important question about my relationship to life, and I'm really glad she asked it. Tune in now to hear my conversation with Diana. Are you outside? I'm in a porch. Uh, and an indoor a screen, porch. A screened-in porch. This Lovely. is part of the new condo. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. I'm, I don't like the screening, frankly, because it feels like it separates me from the outside. But mm. it's effective, you know, with bugs and all that. So it's pleasant. It's really nice to see you. Likewise. Um, I know you're close. You can go right ahead with them. You know my what? Your questions, so you can go like. <laughs> okay, who's running this interview? <laughs> um, great. Well, so yeah, any, any questions then from you? Yeah, I have a big question for you. Why Please. aren't you focusing on life and birth? At your at your age, I was like so. Um, my biological clock was running out, and I was so gung ho. I'm having a baby and I wasn't thinking about death. So that's my big question for you. And it really stirs me up. Yeah. I'm really glad you asked that. I, uh, I have, as of, as of now, I have no stirrings for children (laughs) and I don't, yeah. I mean, I have this sort of intellectual fear of running out of time, um, which I think is, has been a cause of a lot of anxiety, but it doesn't, it's anxiety that doesn't propel me to, uh, it it makes me feel bad. It doesn't make me feel excited for the opposite. Um, It makes me feel like I'm doing something (laughs) wrong and that I'm living my life wrong, which I really resent. So I'm trying to just embrace the fact that I don't, um, I don't have an urge to have children. or do anything that feels um, out of line with what's presently happening. Um, Or I can choose to think it hasn't happened yet um, and I'm not gonna force it because I'm not really interested in feeling uh, unhappy. (laughs) Um, But I also, uh, I I am very happy. And on the other side of that is that I'm actually not really preoccupied with death and dying. 
it's more just that I'm, I'm trying to reconcile for myself how to really use this time and really enjoy this time and who I am um, while I'm alive and how I choose to interact with people I love. And um, I also just realized there's a real need for people to talk about very like logistically, you know, what they want. Um, and then also yeah, but it's- But you don't have to do it in your thirties. It's more appropriate, 50s, 60s, 70s. I disagree. <laughs> because I know people who are my age who have passed away and they didn't make any right. plans because right. they were told that they didn't have to do it until they were old. So right. I, okay. I, you know, to be frank, could drop it dead in an hour. So I would like to, in my, my experience with those feelings is that I, I would like to offer some sort of help with those that I leave behind. Um, and I'm still working out what that looks like, but um, that, that feels correct for me. Um, thank you for asking that. <laughs> um, you know, part of, part of the reason for this podcast is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a, a vulnerable uh, host as well. So, yeah. Well, I guess to sort of, yeah, get into my more traditional format, I always start with asking um, how you would describe yourself. And that's really, of course, up to you, how you want to use that. And then um, how you got here or why you think you're here on the podcast. I'm on the podcast because I'm the mommy of one of your best friends. <laughs> and, yes. um, and I've known you since you were three, four years old. Watched mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you, you and my daughter, Maya, have grown up together, roomed together, suffered together yes been happy to get you know gone through so much together so um and so I am the mother a mother of your one of your best friends I am the grandmother of her of my daughter's child who is absolutely adorable I would describe myself as well I I wrote to you that I had a, um, a personal mission statement that I had come up with many years ago, where, wherein I wanted to leave a wake of beauty behind me. So yeah. beauty is very important to me. Leave beauty. a wake of beauty. I really love that. Yeah. So gardening, art, the arts, music, not as much drama, but um, those, those parts of the creative world. Yeah. Um, and that, that you know, feels course. important to you. Why? Uh, they just make me, you know, that's what sings to me. That's what I respond to. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm just very visual, very visual person. I used to be more kinesthetic, but uh, I don't move around so much anymore. Yeah. I, another one of the things that I... <laughs> used to say that I don't want to be on my deathbed saying I haven't danced enough. I'm feeling a little bit like I haven't danced enough and I don't have the energy to do much dancing now. So mm. that's sad, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. I'm the, well, I'm the wife of Stephen. I should introduce him. He's a big part of my life. He's a big part. He's been around for a long time with you. We just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary on Saturday. 
Congratulations. Right. And when I met him and I got pregnant before we got married, I was more interested in having a child and I wasn't so worried about getting married. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he was decent enough and decent enough and and decent enough and his the whole family thing sort of fell together and so um we had a shotgun wedding and it was it was nice I don't were you present at the wedding I don't remember was was in Philadelphia yeah no I wasn't born I wasn't born yet oh that's of course right right (laughs) and and I was pregnant with my, my oldest son Gabriel Right. Um, and so to give some context, and how old is how old is he now? In his forties yet? Gabriel's or? gonna be forty next January. Uh huh. And then Maya and, and I are thirty-six. Right. And Gabe's son is Gabe's son Lucas ten. Ten? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh old. my goodness! I cannot believe. Oh wow! And there, and so, and they're in Japan still. Okay. I haven't right. seen them in two years. Oof. Right. I see, you know, we do a lot. We do a pretty regular Saturday night FaceTime because that's their Sunday morning. (coughs) I've checked with Gabriel about um, his relationship with his other grandma, his Japanese Mm -hmm. grandma. And he says that mine is much better. The one, you know, Luca and me, much better relationship. We've Mm -hmm. really horsed around together on the calls, you know, it's really fun to be. Yeah, with you're good at you're good at horsing around. <laughs> the <do> kids. That. <laughs> I think that that should be a pre prerequisite for being a grandmother. I, my grandmother no. was very good at that too. She was just <laughs> she was my mom's mom was so good at playing with me. She just uh, she made me feel like. I was the only thing that mattered and that I was, you know, the best thing that ever happened to her. And, um, it just, I remember when she passed away, um, actually like the day before my 30th birthday, my, um, my friend Basil, who I had on, uh, last, last episode, he said, you know, I remember my grandmother just always making me feel like I was number one and I was, you know, that her her focus in life was to be my grandmother and I thought wow I also had that experience and I know that that's not that's not always the case and so you know I was very lucky he was very lucky and you know Dora and Luca are very lucky you know um you know grandmas are for for fun and love and I guess also I'm sure for parents to get mad at because you <laughs> spoiled them right right yeah, yeah. Like, I was disappointed in how much my parents did not spoil my children. So mm. I, so I said, I'm going to have to make up for that. Yeah, it's a complicated thing, spoiling. I think, but it ultimately, when you're a kid and you don't understand the intricacies of what that means, it just feels really good to have this sort of pouring, right. constant pouring right. of love on you. Do you, do you have something for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that a question you get now it's, it's happening more often <laughs> she's just very 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 sweet and always in she said when they were leaving yesterday she said you can come to my house oh. it was just it was just 
you know, such an invitation. It was so Dora, sweet. Dora saying this, your granddaughter. Yeah. And she's a real sweet, sweet soul. I really am she so really is. humbled by her. You know, what a sweetheart. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I think we've sort of, we're sort of introing <laughs> to each other right now, but I, there is, you know, um, another reason also that you're on the podcast is because you have a very specific relationship, I think, to, to the idea of death and to the direct possibility of it. Yeah, I got a new, I got a fresh, I had a, my latest CT scan was on Thursday. And yeah. uh, I got the results on Friday. I haven't talked to any of the oncologists yet about okay. it, but evidently all of my fucking tumors have grown. Am I allowed to curse on your podcast? Absolutely. So um, I have a I have a tumor in my liver that's about five inches round. Ugh. It's pretty big. And I have some spots that are growing in my lungs, upper lungs, and one back in the near the aortic vein. And the okay. name of my cancer is Lyomyosarcoma. Okay. It's a smooth, smooth muscle. It's a cancer that um, attaches itself to smooth muscle okay. in the body internally, usually sometimes on bones, but <clears throat> in my case, <clears throat> in my case on these organs and the way it will do me in is by causing one or two or whatever number of these organs to no longer be able to function. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been, and what was really discouraging about this report is that I have been taking this fancy dancy medication for which you have to have had chemo first. So I've had my chemo no more. Thank you very much, chemo. Right. Um, but so I qualified for this. It cost, we, I asked, I figured out yesterday it was $120 a pill and I have to take four of them every day. $480 a gulp, which we don't have to pay for. Thank goodness we got a grant. Um, Amazing. But I, at the two months ago, there was a diminishment or there was a holding of the tumors and things were looking bright. So we upped the dose and I was taking, and then I, so I took the full dose and we were hoping for more improvement, but it went, mm. they didn't do anything. The mm. medicine didn't do anything and the tumors grow. I don't know how much they might have grown without the medicine, but, and that, you know, nobody can answer that. <clears throat> so I'm um, going to have consultations with, with three oncologists, one in the um, Cancer Center of Southern California. There's a guy who showed up through a friend who has been able to cure somebody with my diagnosis. And um, okay. he's, I call him my optimistic oncologist. And then okay. I have, um, I have a, a doer. My local oncologist is very doer and pragmatic. <laughs> and probably okay. will, will just prescribe chemo. And then I have a very cute oncologist, <laughs> Dana Farber. <clears throat> and, um, and he will also probably prescribe chemo or He's the one who called my uh, cancer a life-limiting illness. And I found that term so insulting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Isn't it interesting how... It, please, go ahead. Interesting how what? How these sort of ways in which we label 
a disease or a very or a specific kind of cancer or just for the sort of like, right, okay. So you have three different oncologists and they each sort of give you different things that you <laughs> need ostensibly, you know, and and uh, and you can well, sort of- for me to weigh, for me to right. weigh. For you to you weigh, want. yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, the sort of like uh, naming, like we're saying is, is this like, oh, the other the other oncologist called this something different and i actually choose i choose that one um and it's so it's it's interesting because i think everyone's trying so hard to say the correct thing that will a make you and i'm guessing here but a make you you know um the patient feel safe seen cared for and then also the people in their lives but then also not, and so not trying to be too, you know, doer, um, and then also not trying to be too flowery. Um, and that sounds, that sounds like somebody who, who is trying to marry all of those things. And in the translation, it just, it's, it's like, sounds bad or sounds, yeah, life limiting. Why, tell me why that's insulting to you. I have a feeling I know why, but I want to hear from, from you why that feels insulting. Well, limits. Um... I like to push limits. I like to go beyond <laughs> limits. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why. I mean, it's, I don't want to be, I don't want to have my life limited. And, uh, I've, you know, I like expansiveness and, you know, bigger, more, better. <laughs> yeah. Like, <clears throat> and, uh, I don't, and I, and my life has been more limited lately. I have very little energy and I, can't do you know can't do nearly as much as I would like to do Stephen says I know it isn't you you know I'm if it were me I would be doing things and making things and creating things and you know and and um I just don't have the energy yeah so I still have I wake up in the morning frequently with recipes I want to cook every day mm. or um, or things I want to make I want to make more clothes for Dora or for Antonio coming and um <clears throat> so the the ideas fill my head but I don't act on you know and I'm not doing them I have been cooking still I still can cook mm. when you when you say that you don't have the energy to do those things is that you spend a lot of time like uh in bed or on the couch I'm or... waiting for the we haven't gotten our couches yet waiting no couch yet okay so <laughs> So this is a good this is a good chair because this is a nice recliner. I know those of, chairs. My mom has one too. They can be a little aggressive in the recline, but they're they're good once you get there. Great. It's great. Yeah, I like this chair a lot. Yeah, yeah. So have you? Do you spend a lot of time reading? Or, yeah, I'm reading yeah. more. I'm reading more. And look, always looking for recommendations of good things to read. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not a good person to, for, for new books usually, but I, uh, I, I'm reading a lot of plays. So that's been, that's something that I really get excited about. To watch you act by the way. What's that? It's a, you said it's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to see you acting. Yeah. Oh, thank you. In a few productions and you were always amazing. Thank you. I, I, uh, you know, I, the thing about acting that I've, I've come to realize is that for me, it's not that I actually love 
uh, acting as much as I really just love the collaboration and I love making this uh, this sort of sacred secret world with other people. Um, and what's so wild about it is eventually it ends, right? You know, whether it's a, a film uh, um, and we have to take the set down, you know, or it's a play where it has a finite amount of performances. And, you know, when it's a good experience, it's heartbreaking every time. It's like the sort of postpartum. Yeah. And, um, and then when it's, when it's not a positive experience, which happens all the time, it's like <laughs> absolute freedom, you know, but it's also, then there's also a lot of like um, resentment and anger caught up in it too, oh. because you're like, oh, this is supposed to be the thing I love. And, oh. you know, it's causing me so much pain and grief. And, you know, I've, I've sort of been really, you know, specific about the way that I include it in my life now, you know, I decided not to pursue it like full time um a few years ago um I sort of like parted ways with my manager and everything because I realized that I just majority of the lifestyle was really hard for me it really felt very lonely and isolating and um but on the other side of it I still have a lot of regrets about not trying harder but I decided you know I want I do want to still make things with people but my criteria are that I have to get paid a certain amount um, or above a certain amount um, and I have that amount and I know what that amount is and it has to be with somebody who I already either know and think very highly of create creatively or somebody who I don't know but I think very highly of creatively and um, and you know putting those I mean, sort of parameters around it. I've, I've still gotten, I mean, I still end up doing at least like one, or I'd say like two to three projects every year. Um, oh, yeah, whether they're just, you know, if it's a short film or I've done some, you know, web series, I've done the last feature thing I films. Saw, the last thing I saw was a web series and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. I enjoyed yeah. yours the most, right. Has they- yeah. You should send me, I'd like to know if there have been others subsequently. Yeah, well, there's a, sh- a short film that I shot the summer of 2019. And I, I don't, I know that that's because the festival circuit sort of got like stymied with uh, everything. I don't know what's happening with that, but I'll check in with the director. I know it's still, um, there will be things happening there. And then, um, well, my film, my short film is now available online that we made, Eva and I made. And then mm-hmm. uh, I'm shooting a short film at the end of August, mm-hmm. beginning of September here okay. in New York. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it continues. Yeah. Can I, can I ask in, if you, do you feel comfortable talking about sort of how, maybe a little bit of a timeline about um, like with your diagnosis, when that first happened? Oh, sure. Sort of when walking. Covered, you want yeah, the beginning? Because I don't know the other end yet. <laughs> no, yes. The, the timeline ends here in this present moment. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had had, um, I had just begun seeing a new doctor in Pittsfield. She was a woman doctor who I met on the train coming back from um, the Women's March against Trump. 
um, in 2016, okay. I guess that was 2016. And yeah, we met on the on the on the train coming home, and she was a doctor, and I was able to get, and I liked her so much, and she said, "Let's just take a look at you," and she was the first one who palpated something in my middle. She said, "Look, what is this?" And let's uh, so it went from a sonogram, I think that's what they're called that day, and then sonogram and CT scan, blah blah blah, and it turned out to be a big, big squash-sized tumor in my middle. And, um, and, and in January was, sorry, of was... 20, that was, that okay. was 2017 that was discovered. Uh-huh. Or, okay. yeah. <clears throat> and in January 2018, I, um, I met my Dana-Farber surgeon. Um, well, I met him in probably December, and then we scheduled the surgery for January 2018. And, um, that was a big ordeal getting that surgery took a lot out of me, not just the tumor, but they also took out a kidney yeah. and a, um, the adrenal glands above it. So I'm down a kidney. <clears throat> um, and it took me months to, I think to recuperate. I can remember lying on my sofa in the dining room for a long time and people visiting me. It was very, it was nice. And they were hoping for, you know, they thought they had clean margins, as that's one of their terms, clean margins. <clears throat> they they said, but there's a 50-50% chance that uh, it can come back. And sure enough, a couple of cells were not excised. And um, here we are with tumors growing again. So 2017 is when it was discovered. Probably had it earlier, but didn't know you know, didn't know about it. Wow. So, so this doctor who you met on the train, she was just said, why don't you come in just for sort of like a routine? Well, for a regular routine checkup. Yeah. So there wasn't any sort of anticipation of anything being found. I had no symptoms. I had no symptoms. I still have few symptoms. Now I I I mean, you're (laughs) you've always been so resilient. I mean, there's no sort of like you know, I guess we all think in our head when we think about someone who's sick and, and because oftentimes people who are who are sick reflect that physically. But I, every time I see you, yeah, I, don't I, look, I don't I you don't look sick. sick. No, right. I mean, you look beautiful, first of all. But, you know, your skin. Eh, hey, <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank um, but no, you look I mean, you look great, you know, and you look full of life and energy to me. And, um, I, you know, I think that that's, that's who I think, that's who I feel I am, you know? Yeah. That's who I feel I am. And then there's this, it's like a real dichotomy, you know, because I feel, Uh you know, and I want to be, and I want to do, and I want to, and I just, and then I, I feel wiped out after any exertion. I'll probably rest after our talk. Yeah. Right. Well, that's actually a, sort of a nice little segue to talk about uh arrangements and I will say that you you know I I sent you a questionnaire and you filled it out very thoroughly and thoughtfully and but I also know that you've been thoroughly thinking about this uh those things for a while um and you did show me and and uh I'm not exactly sure how to describe it but you have some sort of soft software or something that where you've been like preparing your will and wishes. Is that correct? Oh, that's just a website that I sent you. It's a website. 
Uh And it's a guidance, you know, and just to make sure you do all the things. Yeah. And you did, and you did all the things. I've done most of them. When did you start? uh, When did you start writing things down? Probably soon after the surgery. Okay. Um, When you say, you know, I've also been incited, incentivized to write my memoir. Right. Um, and um, I have to get back to that and I <clears throat> and start editing it and adding photos to it, which has been really fun. And I've been, <clears throat> I have, evidently I have a lively style of writing. <laughs> and, um, I'm not surprised. <clears throat> and I have to, and my little children cannot read it because there's too much risque stuff in it. But um, <laughs> way too much. Well, they'll read it. They'll read it later. So, right, right. If, if they're interested, but I, think um, be interested. I still have I still have things to finish. Like I haven't talked about being an artist. I haven't talked about. I never talk about being a dancer. I don't feel like I'm a dancer anymore. Well, I talk about Stephen taking over the dancing world and my resentment of it. <clears throat> um, but also being a gardener and then the gallery and all of that I haven't written about yet. Yeah, that's quite a bit. But you but you got some good risque things out. I'm glad I got that in. Right. How about wait, what's one what's one little risque thing you included? Um <laughs> so when I moved to Philadelphia with my uh, first dance therapy job and um the director, I worked on a psych unit, an inpatient psych unit, and I managed to seduce the um, the director and two of the aides. <laughs> uh huh. All in the at the same time, or no, at no, separate no, times? They, oh, over a period of time. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Nice so work. Were, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's not. Was it not fun? Not to leave any area of my life untouched. <laughs> was, <laughs> was it fun? fun? Were they all fun? Yeah. They were all fun. Yeah. And yeah, they were all fun. Yeah. And I used to go out to discos at night. Mm-hmm. In, in Philadelphia, there was one disco in This was the 70s. This mm-hmm. was the time of, of women's lib and women's liberation. I was and I was also um coming out from under the repression of my first marriage, which mm. had been really mm-hmm. severe. So I was like, mm-hmm. let me out the world. You're having, I was you're really having your renaissance. Revenge. Right. And revenge. I've, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and I would pick up men at the disco too. So I had, a, it was a lot of fun years. It was not, AIDS hadn't come out yet. Right. Women's live was strong. You know, I mean, I had everything going for me. Yeah. And what did I say? With an IUD inside and a stack of condoms on my bedside table. <laughs> Perfect. Ready. Ready. Um, I love that. I mean, I, uh, I'm not surprised in any way. And I love that. I want, I can't read, to, wait to read more. Um <laughs> And I wonder, you know, with with starting to write the memoir, which I imagine is fun because it's fun to look back and see all the people who've been in your life and and sort of be reminded of of 
if you feel fondly about your experience of how, how great it's been. Um, but I also wonder with writing down um, wishes for the future, for uh, burial, for what's to be done with your body um, and maybe what the service might look like. Is that, was, did that have any sort of, was there any sort of levity to that or did that feel a little bit more um, sad for lack of oh, a like more nuanced there. word? I'd like to have levity there too. I mean, mm -hmm. um, but, but it's, I mean, knowing how this is going to affect Maya, how my yes. passing will affect Maya is very hard. That's very, very hard. And Dora, I think yeah. they will yeah. be probably the most affected. And uh, Luca, I don't know. And Gabe, Gabe is, Gabe is so far away, that, you know, that he's not involved very much. Um, yeah. We do have a loving relationship, Gabe and I, but you know, it's just he's not not close the way Maya is. Maya and I are very close, and um, Dora. Anyway, so what you asked about giving my body to science. I don't know if there's any going to be, you know, if they want to study the sarcomas, they're welcome to whatever's left. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they can have some of those tissues, I guess, or whatever. I. So you'd be open to it, you're saying? Yeah, absolutely open yeah. to that. Mm -hmm. um, cremation, I mentioned, although although the idea that I got from your your podcast of many little bottles for people to throw ashes here and there and there and here is appealing. Um, the idea that cremation is just too close to the Holocaust furnaces to yeah. uh, feel comfortable to do that I think and it's not I mean I'm not very Jewish I am Jewish but I'm not very um religious right. <laughs> and um most some there is some cremation for Jews these days but um the the very simple burial that Jews have is kind of appealing and the green burials even more appealing you know just mm. uh wrap me in a shroud and drop me in the earth <clears throat> probably in a green cemetery yeah and is there and you said there's one uh in, in, Hillsdale. The one okay. in Hillsdale. i i have to learn more about it and you said you also were perhaps interested in like a, a home a death in the home yeah memorial. if i can be i don't want to be in the hospital yeah. i don't want to hospital so awful i don't want to be there um yeah and you know, I've opted for quality of life over, over like chemo. Yeah. And, um, I just don't, you know, I don't know who's going to live long, you know, it's, it's like a, a race with my tumors, who's, you know, me versus mm. the tumors sort of, <laughs> and uh, how, you know, how long, so I know the liver can accommodate a huge, a lot of tumor, but five inches is already pretty big, you know, very big, mm -hmm. but the liver's big. And um, I, I get winded climbing stairs. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so I don't know, you know, how long. I, I have no idea what, how many years, months I have left. I just don't know. Yeah. Do you like, <clears throat> do you like not knowing? Or would you like, would it? Um, would it no, I think it's, I want to know exactly. 
I don't think I yeah. want to know exactly. Yeah. I'm, some of the, my regrets are not being, probably not being able to travel as much as I would, you know, I'd love to, I love Italy. We loved mm. our winter in Panama, um, but I wouldn't be able to get enough medical care probably in mm. Panama. And um, yeah, it was really, we had a wonderful, wonderful winter there. The first three months thing we ever did. <clears throat> and Italy is a country I love and England I love for its gardens. And um, it's nice to go back to Japan where my son is, you know, they, mm. there's a lot of fun things to do there. So I don't, you know, I don't like having to give those up. Do you feel like you have to give those up right now? Um, I don't think I have the strength to do much traveling, yeah. heavy duty traveling. Stephen would be enormously helpful, I'm sure. I don't know. England is probably the easiest. I have friends there, very good friends there, who we could stay with. But England is nuts with all the quarantining and yeah. I mean, beyond <laughs> so, your your fatigue, it's also yeah. Restrictions are still still in effect, right? Are still in effect, and also just the world is, you know, not not reflected in the U.S. at the moment. So. What a shitty year. <laughs> what? Just, I said, what a shitty year. I just, the past, you know, yeah. 15 months. I remember, you know, we saw each other, I think one time and it Last was, a, summer. yeah, at the end of the summer, maybe September or something. And I remember it was, it was really nice in, in certain ways because it was you, you know, uh, myself, Maya, Nadia, their kids, you and Steven and, Eva and it just felt like this very special coming together of, of people who love and care about each other in a place that's very fond or they're very fond of rather but it, there was also this sort of like how do we interact safely I also think you know for many reasons you know one because you and Stephen are um, older and also because you are sick. It just, there was this, like, I guess we had this desire to be close and to have physical contact. And it felt really painful not to be able to indulge in that. And it was like this sort of like mind, mental gymnastics that was going on where it was like, yeah, but you know, life is short anyway. And yeah, exactly. Like it felt like two battery or two um, magnets coming close and then sort of having to push away yeah um and i i'm just very grateful that that is not the dynamic currently for us for us to clarify right. um but yeah well there's a couple there are a couple things that i uh i liked uh, re i liked reading all of your um your wishes that you filled out but i was i laughed myself a few times and i also cried a few times but I was I was laughing <laughs> when you were talking about the music that you wanted to be played, um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. Let's see, um, let's see. I want Vitor. Okay, so to you, you want Vitor, which Maya's husband. He's an amazing musician. You say you want him to play Keith Jarrett's "Melody at Night" with you. All right, those are beautiful. So, <clears throat> Some lovely Bach violin and piano, um, maybe some Euroma. Is that how you say their name? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind and Fire, Sochoro, <laughs> the Nat uh, Cohen and Vitor's group. And then, then you say, just don't let Steven choose. I don't like his music. <laughs> Which, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think that that's, I mean, I just, I laughed because that's just so very you to have this sort of very like blunt, no, that, you know, blunt statement like that, that is, I think very cute. <laughs> and I don't mean to like demean that. I don't mean like, uh, yeah, that cute, cuteness to me is, is like your sort of impishness in a way that um, you said you sort of like to push, push buttons. And what did you say? It was because the cancer was described as life limiting and you like to push limits. So I thought that that was a little, a little nod to that. Um, and then you also mentioned the reading um, that you were interested in. Can you remind me what those were? Yeah, what, um, there's a Rilke poem that I used on the cover of Gabe's Bar Mitzvah. Anyway, it's a beautiful poem. I, 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 I have it somewhere in my um, somewhere in my iPad. Yeah. Well, um, if you want to tell me later, I can add it to, in the epilogue. To the, okay. To this. Okay. I find yeah. the right one. And David White writes such gorgeous poetry. I'm sure there's something of his. And I have a friend. And oh, who's that other? I love. There's another poet I really enjoy. Uh, I have, who's a lot more um, ironic and fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, to, I'll try to find his him too <clears throat> if you want yeah me to you can you can send me whatever you'd like and I can I can add it at the end in case people right. are interested in looking because I think they they find that interesting yeah um and you Hoagland, mentioned Tony, that, Tony Hoagland I like Tony Hoagland and he's is he a contemporary or is he he just died recently he died like okay. a year ago uh, do you know um, Rudy Bach in the Berkshires? No. You don't know him? Anyway, he used to recite his, he used to memorize and recite a whole bunch of his poems. They were great. And I and when I did a, a sort of an acting class with him or something like that, we used to, um, he gave me one to memorize and do. And, you know, and it was, I, I like that poet. I like him a yeah. lot. Do you remember any of the poem that you had to memorize? No. Yeah, not something about a sister, but no, <laughs> I didn't memorize it. I wasn't able to. It was a long poem. It was very oh. hard. And yes, that was it some... is very hard. <clears throat> I don't know it's how hard. actors do it. I don't know how actors I memorize. <laughs> we do it every time, and I, when I tell you every single time I get a script, I think it's not going to happen. I literally think in my, I think to myself, I come up with like five different ways that I could possibly get out of it. You know, there's always like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll pull the fire alarm on the day, you know, that I have to do it or, you know, it, I'll write it down somewhere. It's still my, my mind goes into like panic and I'm like, I can't, you know, I'm not going to do it. And then on the other side of, of that, I have this, you know, thought or this belief, I know it to be true is that it's going to get done. It's going to get done. It has to, it's going to get done. But yes, every time I see something, uh, you know, get a script, I'm like, oh, this is not going to happen, but it always does. Um, (laughs) uh, I've recently been 
been trying to, and I've, I've stopped for a couple, probably a couple months now, but I would try to recite something I memorized every day in the morning. Oh, um, oh. yeah. And I nice recently, it was just a, yeah, it was just a, a, a bit of Shakespeare that I would, that I would memorize or I have memorized and I try to just right. do it every day. I mean, yeah, it's good, good practice. It's, it's good practice for your brain. And, right. and that's, I don't know, I, that's something that I have noticed in the past few years starting to get tougher. My memory is not as good. Mm. Um, I have, I've always had a pretty, a pretty great memory for people, um, names and faces and that's still pretty strong, but there'll be times now that people say, oh, remember when we did this thing? And I really don't remember. And I know it wasn't because I was on drugs, you know, <laughs> um, was, I was sober at this. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's humbling. Um, and it's, I already feel, and that's scary to me. You know, my grandmother, when she passed, had dementia and, and I actually found out recently a visit to my mom that she her final diagnosis was actually alzheimer's mm -hmm. her cause of death and we she had never been diagnosed with alzheimer's um so i think one is a know. form of the other i think they yeah, work together we'll, <clears throat> yeah we don't know if that's correct or not and and i guess i think for some reason i'm feeling or when my mom told me that, I felt like pissed off about it. And I think I could tell that she was kind of pissed too, because it felt like, well, no, you're wrong. She didn't have that. I felt like defensive about that. And then I also but felt what, what like- What do you think, what is the difference between dementia and Alzheimer in your mind? Well, because I think that we, we, we thought she died. I mean, there was, she had pneumonia. Like there was just like, it didn't feel like to me that the dementia was the cause of death um, and the dementia hadn't to me, I think maybe in my like very sort of narrow view of it, the, the dementia was like her forgetting things or uh, sometimes getting disoriented. But I of course forget that there's all these other sort of um, sort of like interconnected um, parts of that that are you know affect you physically but um yeah she was you know she was she was sick in all kinds of ways at the end um but I guess with like that sort of final diagnosis I think it also felt like uh maybe a, a little bit of a betrayal because it felt like well we didn't that's not what we talked about <laughs> ultimately it doesn't matter ultimately it doesn't matter at all you know right um and I thought that was interesting. My mom brought that up and we both kind of looked at each other like, what the fuck, you know? But I also understand that that doesn't matter, you know? I don't think it mattered to her. Maybe, I don't think so. She was, um, she had everything planned out. She knew Did exactly, you? oh yeah, she knew exactly what, you know, what reading she wanted, you know, from the Bible and she knew where she wanted it, you know, and, uh, it was interesting, you know, my grandmother didn't seem to be overtly religious, but she liked church, you know, she liked, she liked it. 
you know she mm-hmm. liked the reading mm-hmm. she liked the music she liked going she liked the people um she never pressed religion on me in any way really you know it wasn't mm-hmm. but she just sort of went she was like yeah I like it I went with it you know she liked doing it um and it, it's interesting I think in those moments where part of me was thinking oh she she wants you know she wants a traditional funeral traditional funeral in a church with these bible verses and like oh that's kind of weird but at the same time she really she she wanted that she was but she was also very utilitarian so she wasn't gonna try to reinvent the wheel you know she was just like oh well it makes sense let's do it in the church where i've been going and uh what what is kind of whatever's easiest you know let's have a quick (laughs) oh bless her yeah whatever's easiest is a good one yeah i'm into that too I definitely meant to that. And simple. Yes. I know. I also have this fear that like, even with what I've written down, which is a lot, very simple, that that is even maybe too complicated or something, (laughs) but. And I like the idea of the memorial, you know, the memorial party, which Mm -hmm. I think of as a party. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. I mean, the first time I experienced that was with my, my great aunt when she passed away. She was like, uh, she never got married. She never, you know, she was, she had this great, really cool um, house in Vermont and had like I, at least one grand piano, maybe two and dogs. Wow. And, you know, she was, yeah, never got married, just did her own thing. Uh, she was, she was really funny, very strange. We loved it. And uh, we had a great time at the memorial. You know, everyone went back to her house afterwards and we just told stories and told jokes. And that's been my experience with with most of the people. I haven't been to too many funerals. I think only maybe four four or five, but um, those, the ones where you can just sit and talk and reflect and, you know. To the back, right. How are you feeling? Are you feeling a little tired? All right. Yeah. Well, I, I actually think that we can start to wind down, um, but I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, if you had any sort of stray thoughts or any anything small, you want yeah, to I thought I thought of the specific bulbs. I want bulbs given out at my memorial, mm-hmm. and I, um, I the I, what I like about that is that because living on in memory is how you carry on in the world you know once you're gone you know it's when people remember you so the way I want people to remember me I want to and hand out bags of bulbs for them to plant and if it's and I thought if it's a springtime memorial then um I would give I would have Stephen and Maya prepare little bags of procosmia mm-hmm. which is a perennial bulb and um if they if it's close to the fall if i die like in the summer or something and they have a fall planting or fall memorial then i want the white talia daffodils planted you know bags of those are those the ones with the like orange middle um white with an orange that's poeticus that's called poeticus talia is just what we'd like um like little wings sort of Mm. just white ones anyway they're beautiful they're pretty right yeah well I will also 
help uh, Maya and Stephen with those bulbs <laughs> if needed. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I'm happy to help. Yeah, any, any other sort of thoughts on this very- Wide topic? Wide topic, yes, wide and meandering. <laughs> I, I would so much love to know what my grandchildren become or who they, who they, mm. you know, who they become. And that's, that's a real sadness that um, we probably won't be able to. It, Luca, maybe somewhat, I know he's a bright kid. I know, I don't know what he's going to do or how life in Japan will work for him. <clears throat> I hope he finds something that makes him happy. He tends to kvetch a lot. And Dora, who knows? Dora, you know, we, she just, they're just too young to have any idea. And she, you know, and she's so young, she might not even have memories <clears throat> of me. Mm. It's, oh, it's interesting because we talk painful. about the original Dora sometimes. And um, in Maya's apartment, there's a painting of my mother. And I call, I call the way the paintings her been namesake. done. I, right, right, her namesake. And I call her, and she knows that that was, I don't know, she knows that it's my mother, you know, how, how the, the lineage about the lineage. Anyway, I called her Saint Dora in that painting. Oh. She looked like Saint Dora. But uh, anyway, that's just, it's neither here nor there, really. I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's here. It's that, it's, it's painful, it's hard. And not yeah. not being able to connect with a, someone that you love so deeply, so, pe several people, and to to really watch them to watch them Develop. grow is yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You don't well, get the, can, you don't get a choice. <laughs> I can I can write letters for them at certain birthdays, you know, to be opened yeah. at certain birthdays. I try to do that, you know, with little gifts, but. Somebody suggested that to me, but I don't know how much I, you know, I don't know who they'll be, you know. It would be nice to make it to her fifth birthday. So two, this was two, two years, years away. Yeah. Right, yeah. another two and a half years. I don't know. I'm into it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, okay we'll I'm in. Yeah. Well, um, well, it's something that I, you know, this I notice always with you, but I think that as an adult, um, I can sort of form this thought more precisely. But when you were talking about um, the things that you love, um, art mostly, and the way that you like to, you know, interact with the world is, is your favorite way to interact in the world is through art artistic mediums. And I also, it just strikes me that you seem to be just someone who really enjoys being themselves and enjoys being Diana. And um, I think I that that's pretty awesome. And, you know, one of the questions I ask people sometimes at the end of this is, I say, what do you love about yourself that is not in relationship to other people? So this is really just, what do you love about your Diana, that isn't about giving to other people or receiving, but for you. Nice. It's a really nice question. I, I tend to relate out, so it's hard to relate in. Something about my inner strength um, mm -hmm. and my, um, my clear sense of what I like, what I don't like, 
Uh, something about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, very clear sense of self. Yeah. yeah, right. What feels good, what doesn't feel good. What, yeah. how to, I mean, I guess how to take care of, take care of yourself and love yourself. Maintain <laughs> right. your you-ness. Yeah. Right. That's good enough. That's a better than good. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you for, you know, being generous with your time and with your life story and where you are right now. And, you know, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. I appreciate it. I appreciate your asking me. It was um, oh. an odd thing, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed listening to your t to two of the podcasts that I heard. Is there evidently a new one with a man? There is a new. There are three out, and then I recorded one uh, yesterday that I'm going to be editing, and then and then you. So there will be five. five. Great. Yeah. Well, I love you, and I hopefully will see you in August or Great. whenever I'm there next. Okay. Lovely. Okay. Enjoy your day. Love you too. Bye-bye, Julia. Bye. Thank you for listening to episode five of The Grand Exit. For this epilogue, I want to be pretty brief. There's really just three things that I want to say. One is that I want to rescind my comment about the audio being not great. I actually really enjoy it, and I appreciate the bird song sort of woven through it. Secondly, I'd like to read the Rilke poem that Diana had mentioned that she would like to have read at her memorial. The name of the poem is Be Patient. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart, and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then, gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. The third thing I want to say is that two days ago, Diana told me that she is no longer seeking treatment for her cancer. So, in a sense, she is no longer seeking the answers and is just living along some distant day into the answer. And that concludes episode five, The Grand Exit. If you'd like to speak to me about death and dying and funeral planning, please email me at info at thegrandexit at gmail.com or you can DM me at thegrandexitpod on Instagram. Let's talk sooner rather than later. <laughs>